0: MX Network production.
1: Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continuing gracious support of our sponsors, we're thriving at over 1,800 podcasts delivered with over 20 million downloads. Click the Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Here's the voice bringing it all to you, Steve Mathis. Your
2: Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast with Nick Way, Chris Kiefer, talking about riding the new Stark Varg. Fly Racing, everybody. Check them out Formula S helmet. Uh, check out the technology behind it. It literally can save your life. Thank you to the folks at Fly Racing. Uh, flyracing.com. You can get it at Motorsport.com or your local dealer. 2024 line of gear is fantastic. Thank you to Fly Racing. Also, Renthal. Uh, whether it's Monster Energy Kawasaki, Mitch Payton's team, whether it's uh, Honda, Red Bull KTM, they've got you dialed in with Renthal sprockets, bars, chains. They've got it seven eighths to the fat bar to the twin wall bar. Renthal.com. Thank you to max's tires as well. The MXSTs. Used by Jeremy McGrath, developed by him as well. Thanks to Maxis, great mountain bike tires, Coba Links, it's a lowering suspension link, everything from Aprilia to Yamaha. Thank you to those guys. Use code pulpamex to save with uh, Coba Links and motorsport.com, OEM and aftermarket parts um great prices dedicated team of gearheads there to help you out uh they have a great return policy for everybody but Talon taylor great return policy and uh also to free shipping on everything over 79 bucks and they have the new uh gear that dropped as well uh Rideco. so please check out that and more at motorsport.com thank you to all of our sponsors for coming on board race tech as well and uh yeah here's nick way chris kiefer talking about the stock varg test they had at Glen Helen the other day and uh and more so interesting thoughts from these two guys all right thanks for listening All right, everybody, now to talk about the Stark Varg on the uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast. Uh, One of the most anticipated bikes out there. I wasn't able to make it down there, and I'm sure Kiefer will give me shit for that. But I did send a very capable test rider in my place, uh, and that man is Nick Way. What's up, Nick? How are you? Hello. What's up, NYK? How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm good, man. Just kinda of hanging out and enjoying a little bit of free time.
2: Oh, that's that's very rare for you. Uh also on the line, uh from uh, Kiefer Inc. testing, Racer X, Pulpum X, Chris Kiefer. What's up, buddy? How are you? Hello,
3: how are you guys doing?
2: We're good, man. Uh so hopefully Nick took uh, took you know, he took my place and did a better job than I would have, Kiefer, I'm sure. So, you know, riding the Stark Varg.
3: Um, just a tad better, yes.
2: Right. Uh, okay, let's get into this. Kiefer, you have a ton of experience on the Alta, of course. Uh, you helped develop that bike a little bit with those guys. So electric bikes uh, are something that you're familiar with. But, Nick, let's start with you. What would you think of the Stark? Like, I know you rode an Alta on a parking lot once or something, you said. But what would you think out of Glen Helen on the Stark?
0: Very limited experience for me on the e-bike. Um, ride mountain bikes a lot. I have like the hybrid e bike that I ride sometimes around the pits at the amateur Yeah. Um. But my kids have always had started with an O set, then Stasic, and then they have some experience with the Suron and those things. So I'm obviously pretty versed in how torquey those type of engines are. So it kind of was everything I expected, to be honest with you. But mm-hmm. I guess the quality and the fit and finish of everything was, I guess, as marketed. Yeah. It does, it does come across as like a very. Polished, you know, platform. So, I definitely was not let down there. It was, it was really nice. I thought the suspension was sweet. Uh, obviously, it would take a little bit of time to get used to catching air, like a lot. So, I mean, I, I applaud Kenny for going on Supercross track and doing his thing. Again, I think it could be adjusted to where add some more comfort, whether that's with less engine braking, more engine braking in the air But yeah, I thought it was really fun.
2: Kiefer, what do you think uh, of the bike? Again, you've got a lot of experience on an on a electric dirt bike with the alta thing what'd you think
3: yeah just coming from an alta just comparing it real quick It's just it's almost like having a six-year-old you know mac laptop versus getting a new one you know it's just it's it's, it's faster it's tighter it's uh it, to me there's a little bit more performance based what with, with the stark versus the alta and the, the fit and finish and the quality for me is much better on the Alta. I heard a lot more noises versus the Stark. The Stark's pretty quiet considering it's, you know, an electric bike using an electric bike besides the engine noise. You hear a lot of other shit. Mm-hmm. And I don't hear a lot of the other stuff on the bike besides the tires and the chain. Um, but for me, similar to what Nick said, like it is a little bit more reactive in the air than the Alta was. The Alta was a little more balanced that way in the air. I didn't have to worry about the front. You know, in diving down in the air, and that's something I noticed with the Stark is, you know, if you're if you're coming from a combustion engine motorcycle and you're getting on an electric bike, you're going to notice how front heavy it is in the air. So the the cool thing is about the Stark, unlike the Alta, was I can adjust all of that right there on the interface on the handlebars. It's so easy to do. I'm old, you know, and I don't know a lot about technology. I'm sure you can you can vouch for that, Steve. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's really easy for me to use, so I I think Nick had it up to, and maybe Nick can correct me if I'm wrong, I think almost up to 60% of engine braking, and I actually rode it a little bit more after Nick and went all the way down to 30, which for me helped the air, you know, feeling out, like um, the flickability, the yeah. balance of the bike in the air, so um, that helped me out a lot, and the power is unbelievable like i you know there's two types there's an 80 horsepower and 60 horsepower for me i don't even think i would ever want 80 horsepower it's insane like there's no way i would need all that
2: how far did you get into it how much did you ride it with the max
3: uh so i i i rode i started out with 50 we had a, we had five different maps on there so you can change from five different maps 50 55 60 65 then up to 70 and i only I only screwed with up to like sixty, you know. Something okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. four four fifty horsepower. I don't need more than sixty horsepower, right? So, but then I'm like, well, I'm here. I might as well really feel this thing, and uh, I put it all the way up to eighty, and went down the start at Glen Helen up around Talladega, and that's all it took. I'm like, I'm good. I don't need more <laughs> than that. <so.
2: laughs> There's no way you need it, Nick. Did you, did you think of what you think of like the seventy horsepower?
0: Well, I wrote it in, I guess, to start with, in which would have been 50, which I thought was cool. It's, like, very controllable. And then 55 felt, felt very, you know, because I've been recently been riding, obviously, the last few years, is like a stock 450. So that's very comparable. <clears throat> and then uh, I, I wrote it a lot in in 60, which would be, like, a, you know, a nicely modified 450. Mm-hmm area which is like manageable but not too aggressive so that was also comfortable for me in 60 uh as soon as i got at over 60 she was the corners were coming at me quick <laughs> um so yeah it, w- it was super yeah. fast and o- honestly once you got past the 60 horsepower it would it would pitch on acceleration so aggressively because it has so much torque yeah it would load the shock so much that it was like hard to you know like this the sweeping section onto the start straight at glen Helen. yeah i I turned it up while i was riding to i think 70 and then it was just it was super fast obviously but it just as i would gas it it was i wanted i want to really get some right so i would (laughs) when i gassed it it would kind of just straighten itself out and not not handle great when it had so much power um so it was not super manageable in my opinion with it when it with it much faster than 65 by any means but yeah again blowing up powder berms around the outsides uh, it was very satisfying because <laughs> just with the electric power, it it never really lugged it down. It had just torque for days, so that that was super fun.
2: So Nick, on the engine braking thing, if you if you grab if you gave it gas in the air, that that would fix it. That would bring the front end up.
0: Y- yeah. Yeah. So I never, I guess that was the first I I never really paid attention because I just rode it after Kiefer and I knew exactly how to turn it up and down. I wasn't like obviously battery life was a bit of a we had a plan because we had a few people riding it. So I didn't really mess with the engine brake at all because generally on the track, I felt like, I guess, at 60%
2: Mm
0: -hmm. is what Kiefer said I was on. That felt really comfortable on the track for me Um, because it was like, you know, the front end was connected as like a four-stroke type feel in the corners. But, yeah, in the air, it kind of dropped the nose a fair bit. And then it was tricky to, like, kind of drop the throttle in the air because if you, like, I went off the top of coming down the hill. Mm Mm-hmm. And I got, ga- I caught air and I gassed it and like pretty aggressively, like, yeah, it yeah. wants something? You know, like, I'm going to rev it in the air. Right. Like, yeah, I'm going to get something. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it was quickly almost looped me out. Jeez. Cause that, yeah. as you gas it, it has so much, like, I don't know, I guess it would be the same as being in fifth gear,
2: mm-hmm.
0: almost wide open. all of a sudden it just really changes the trip trajectory of the bike quickly. Keep so it, for- like modulating yeah. the throttle was tricky because yeah. like you could backflip quick.
2: So When you went down, Kiefer, in the engine braking to 30 from 60, it helped that. But then did you not like that on the track in the corners coming into the corners? Or, like, was there a balance of engine braking that was too little or too much for the front end dropping and then corner speed?
3: Yeah, for me, so, like, when I dropped the engine braking, it doesn't really affect, let's just say I was on 70 horsepower and I dropped it down to 30. It doesn't really affect my rear wheel traction it still lights it up like that's why i kind of feel like what nick was saying is you know is spot on just because sure you want more horsepower but that doesn't mean more connectivity it just means it's lighting up the rear wheel more which doesn't translate into more fun because i'm really not going anywhere because i'm just spinning so with the engine braking i found that i needed a little bit less horsepower and then less engine braking for me to really dial in my jumps because then i can kind of mimic because as a rider, I guess for me, it's a feeling, right? So you kind of know how fast to go. If you ever ask a rider, hey, what gear are you in? They probably go, I don't fucking know what gear I'm in. I just feel it. So with the, with the electric bike, it's a lot of that. So I turned it down to like 55 with 30%, and that was like the happy medium for me to get enough like balance in the air and then still have enough power to and traction to get out of a corner in a hurry and then – you know get over jumps Mm. glenn Helen never have huge jumps so for me that was the safest place to try this thing (laughs) they're like hey where do you want to go test i'm like oh sure as hell ain't going to paula because i'm out i ain't doing that i've been (laughs) i've been around electric technology before and i go "Uh uh-uh i'm starting slow we're going to glenn Helen.' yeah
2: okay interesting um yeah and so the fit and the finish uh is pretty good Kiefer, you agree with nick on that for this the stark
3: yeah it's it's really good and and like I said, I had an Alta for yeah. a long time and 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 man, just the way the the, the, the contours it's laid out the the cockpit's really nice and fun. um the whole bike itself is really easy to navigate around it's it's fairly simple and um I don't know how much farther you want to in go into this but like it, it ended up sto- it ended up stopping when I was out riding it just stopped uh for no apparent reason. And so I'm like, well, shit, no one's out here. I don't know exactly how to reboot this thing. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of, you know, on the handlebar, there's the phone, and that's where the phone is, and that's kind of where you navigate everything for the bike. You can you can release the phone, pop it out, hold it in your hand, turn off the phone, turn off the bike, and I can get back to the app and find my way around. And then the bike started and went back. Mm-hmm. And that was fairly easy for me. It was no big right. issue. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I just like it. It just feels like when you get a new car or you have an old truck, you don't hear a lot of the shit, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that phone is vulnerable for roost, though, and all of that?
3: I asked the guy that, and I asked him about water and, right. and these things, and, and, and of course, we don't spend enough time on them. They're supposed to give it to us next year for a, a certain amount of time, but mm-hmm. he says he's washed the bike with the phone on, and it's been okay. But, I mean, I don't know how much that is sales talk or just, yeah. or yeah. whatever, but right. I would assume... If you're, I was a part of testing at Alta. So I would assume if you're this brand and you're in Spain, you have hit weather at some point. Yeah. You know.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: So and it and I think it's okay. So,
2: Nick, did you uh, did you come up on guys and surprise them out there? So quiet. Like did you or did you notice the chain slap and all that? How quiet these things are.
0: Uh, it was exactly like I expected it to be. But no, I mean, I I definitely. I don't know, I, I maybe I'd crossed a track or Kiefer was behind me at some point and then it surprised me, so I wasn't really trying to be super, I mean, I was trying to just feel the bike, I wasn't really trying to come up on some video game terminology, pop
3: daddy them.
2: Okay, yeah, I don't know what that means, but <laughs> yeah. <okay>. yeah. <laughs> Uh we can ask Aiden. Maybe Aiden will know or Vincent or something. He
3: doesn't have kids uh Nick, so he's out. Yeah. He yeah.
0: Yeah. So um so no, I did not scare but I did ride behind a guy in a two stroke that was riding like pretty hard. Uh-huh. And I he's for sure like, you know, fifth, sixth place intermediate speed. So yeah. he's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and I was in whatever mode I was in, and I was like laughable on how Easy, I was riding that I could stay with him.
2: (laughs) You could just pull, just turn the throttle and be like, "Hey, what's up?" Yeah.
0: Yeah, because I like because I'm like, okay, so that's when I kind of like scrolled through the horsepower ranges while I was behind him.
2: Oh, okay. So like, because
0: I, because I, it's you know, once you get it too fast, you can't really gas it. Is it's like either, like I said, you either you end up spinning a little in the slick, or it ends up loading the rear so much that it's hard to be on angle. So he just wants to go straight because it's so fast. So if I was in, you know, 60 horsepower range or low, I could like pull up on this guy on the two stroke, like super quickly out of corners on slick spots or anything like that. But mm-hmm. if I was in anything faster, I had just had to like slow poke around the turn and then just try to A to B it. And so that was kind of interesting to just ride a few laps behind him to really see the difference, I guess, between a yeah. combined bike that, certainly took a lot of effort to ride a 252 stroke versus what this this e-powered bike definitely made everything now, a lot easier physically
2: now it's that easy to change while you ride you don't got to slow down and super slow and like reach down and it's pretty like it sounds like you're at speed when you're changing your modes
0: oh yeah i was literally just hitting the button going like per, <laughs> per section because i'm like i oh, see what it's got oh yeah okay start straight oh is, a, is it a like, map oh, i suck there
2: okay so the map switch on the bar then is that what it is yep okay got it um and and then so what's the suspension setup for it, Chris? Like what? It's KYB, you know, good quality stuff. What's the suspension like, stock?
3: Yeah, it's really good, honestly. Um, much better than the Alta, where we had four CS and then WPAR. So um, it's actually for me, I felt like it's it's valved semi pretty firm, um, which isn't a bad thing. You know, I'm sure they're trying to hit all different types of target weight mm-hmm. because I don't think they really have a target weight for this kind of bike yet. Um, but from what I've learned is, you know, you have, it's 255 pounds on paper, right? Um, that 255 pounds doesn't really correlate to on-track feel.
2: No, like the Alta didn't either. The Alta was heavy and I got on it and was like, are you, sh- are you serious about this weight? It did not feel as right. heavy as it was.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You feel like you're picking up an RMZ when you're letting it off the stand, right? But, mm. it, you know, it feels like a 250F when you're out riding it. So I think the valving is a little firm. And after riding Nick's bike, his KX a little bit while he was riding another one, I can see why Nick maybe would like it because Nick's stuff was was fairly firm. And um, but I, if it was me, I would back out a little bit of the compression. And mm-hmm. but overall, man, it's it's fairly comfortable. It doesn't do anything crazy. It's fairly, you know, you know, stable as long as you're easy on the throttle. And yeah, it doesn't do anything abnormally uh, mm-hmm. in the suspension department.
2: Nick, you agree? You liked it?
3: Yeah,
0: and generally for like a stock bike, um, it's usually like pretty plush is the goal, and for the masses. So I definitely thought like the suspension, the fork, in particular, and really even the shock. The shock was a bit more plush, but the fork itself was a little bit firm. But to me, that would be like if I were going to go race this Stark Varg next weekend, that'd be like a good setting for mm-hmm. me in particular.
2: Do you do so, anything uh, weird with sag? Mean- do you do anything weird, with, weird with sag on a electric bike? I don't know. Do you add more or less or anything?
3: No, it's it's about in, in between 100 and 105. Okay. All right. Yeah,
2: so same. Okay. Um wow, it's interesting. Uh Fly Racing Racer X podcast. So Nick, it does sound like look, you can buy the 60, you can buy the 80, you can tune it, but seems like Nick, you just like the 55-ish standard 450, maybe modified 450. Let's say modified 450. Uh, yeah, like
0: all the way up HP. 60 felt, felt super comfortable for me, but yeah, definitely yeah. anything under 60, like you could ride it harder and it was a bit more fun, yeah.
2: honestly. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah.
0: you could just like, it was more traction control with the electric power and you could really get, you know, it, it was so torquey in the deep stuff that it wasn't really like, Oh my gosh, it's slow anywhere. Right. right. It was like, you could just really feel that it was held back. Like it was governed, mm-hmm. I guess, like it could do more. Right but really like you're going to hold it on for a quarter of a second more cuz it's you know cuz it's
2: mm-hmm.
0: at its full potential and in generally like to, then you're trying to figure out how to get the brakes so it, it, to me it wasn't definitely the
3: lap times were we not going to be faster by having the bike faster yeah hey, hey, Steve, so nick said he tried it down a straightaway and uh, he had to bail out of the corner because he was going too fast. So it's like one of those runway ramps where you have to get off; you lose your brakes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, and Chris, do you agree? Kind of make it like a, a fast four fifty is where you liked it the most. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Nick's exactly right. Like for me, the, the, not the slower, the feeling, the more fun I had. But like, there's a there's a line, right? And when you're up in the seventies. You better be ready. If it's like we call it the mid-range, when it starts mid-ranging, you better be pulling yourself up close to that bar because going up some of those hills at Glen Helen, I, you know, boosted it up to 70 going up some hills. Holy shit, man. You really got to force yourself to pull yourself up over the front of the bike because it'll just keep pushing you back, you know. <laughs> and um so, yeah, I would agree. I would keep mine. I mean, there was no reason, like, if I bought a 60 or 80, I'd be like, dude, I'm getting a 60. I don't need any more than 60 horsepower. Like, I'm good. Is it so, 80 more yourself, money?
2: Is it 80 more it's money? It's, I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah.
3: $1,000 more. Oh, okay. And yeah. and But what's cool is, like, let's say you get the 60 and you're a badass. All of a sudden, you're like, dude, I need 20 more horses. Well, you can just say, add in your phone app, and they could send you your 20 horses for another $1,000.
2: Oh, Okay. All right.
3: So that that's kind of cool. Like, you can just add more yeah. horsepower via, like, an app and say, oh, purchase, and, and then there you go.
2: And if your wife rides, can you knock it down to 20, 20 horsepower? So like, that, what's the that's low? What's cool.
3: Nick yeah. and I talked about this on the show, which was on the on the X video, was you can have your wife ride it or your kids, if you want to, you can dial it back to 10, you know, 10 horsepower.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: So you can have a mode that has 10 horsepower, but also... You got to be conscious of hey if someone switches that mode, you could have it up to the 70 and then get whiskey throttle. So <laughs>
2: um
3: but yeah it, there's yeah. a range that's really cool like a beginner can ride it or an advanced rider can ride it so that's what's really nice.
2: Uh brakes? Brakes? How's the brakes?
0: All right? Go
3: ahead, Nick. Yep. not good enough for how fast it is
2: honestly. <laughs> need to be more no, i mean,
0: I mean yeah. they're fine i mean yeah. they're like super touchy they're they're i don't know i didn't look at it closely but it definitely had a feeling of like the, yeah. the austrian brand yeah kind of the Brembos, yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah so they were like super touchy but man at some points i was like this thing needs some better brakes because once you're going you know 70 plus horsepower and you're like oh here comes a turn because it's really you and i don't know as a you know, a veteran combustion fighter. I'm like you know, you kinda get a feeling as to what the sound is or what Yeah. You get a you get a bit of a govern based on what gear you're in. You're like, I'm in fourth. I'm definitely not gonna shift fifth for these next ten feet here while well, on that thing it just keeps pulling. So then you're like, Yeah, you know, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep shredding. <laughs>
2: there's
0: really no there's really no signs here that say I should let off. Yeah. Really, until right. you get until you come face first to the bank.
2: Right, (laughs) you're like I should probably stop. Right,
0: yeah, probably should. I was probably should have let off like ten feet earlier.
2: Right,
3: so uh... it's crazy to me. Like with this, with this thing, is we're all wired for breaking points. The sound, we're all wired for that, and that kind of gets thrown out the window a little bit when you ride this. Because sure, you can get your breaking points down, but it is for me. I think you can go a little bit deeper into some of these corners and then roll your corners easier. Because man. There's less to do. I don't have to screw with the clutch. I don't have to shift. I can get in and out of these corners really easy. So I went back and forth this day because I had to ride different bikes. Um, and I went, at the end of the day, I rode my YZ450F out there, and I'm like, God, I can really appreciate how easy an electric bike corners because it lays down nice. You can get in and pivot and get out. So, And for me, and I, I let and ride it as well, and we were talking on the way home, is how – much you can pay attention to your technique. For whatever reason, at least for me, and maybe Nick can talk about this, is I have a hard time trying to find my foot placement on my normal bike because sometimes I just forget. I'm just trying to go fast. But for whatever reason, when I don't have sound, I'm I'm more conscious of where my feet are on the pegs and how my body positioning is. And it it, it kind of helps that along for me.
2: Interesting. Okay.
0: Well, well, I agree because it's there's a lot of – no noise going on. So then like, and then I, I was super conscious of how it was going to feel at speed, like front end grip wise. Cause I was definitely not trying to just lose the front doing 30. So I, I really got a feel for like how much you're actually coasting while riding. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, cause on this e-bike when it's kind of instant, it's like they have a nice transition off the bottom to where it's not so aggressive. Like, I guess the mapping would be pretty, uh, pretty smooth off the initial, 20% of the throttle, but then once you get into the torque power, it, you better be holding on. Mm-hmm. So it really like makes you conscious of the, you know, like your roll speed and what you're, cause you because you can not like modulate the power either with the clutch. Right. So it's, once it gets into that meat of the power, she's taken off. So it's really to like ride fast and be conscious of how much you're actually like coasting before you get to the gas gas.
2: I found when I rode the Alta, I was air because I couldn't quite <coughs> figure out the sound of the motor and how far I needed to go. And it was really weird to me at first. So I, I would think it takes a little bit of time to, to get used to this electric bike and how good this thing Not is. Not at so.
3: one point was my front end ever high on this bike.
2: Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, so, Chris, uh, again, tons of experience with the Alta. Is this Alta-ish feeling, though? Is there anything new, like feeling on this bike compared to an Alta? Because I mean, you know, the, the tech has advanced since the Alta. This is seven years ago, five years ago, or whatever. Is anything different, or does it feel just like a really good Alta?
3: Like power-wise, it feels like an Alta, just faster.
2: Okay, all right.
3: Um, it is a. It, the Alta was fairly smooth, like what Nick was saying. Like that roll, you know, ten to to fifteen percent is is smooth and. Reminds me of having like a power valve where it just kind of hits, you know, in the mid-range. Um, but, I mean, everything else besides, I mean, the engine and, I'm sorry, the the, <laughs> the way the bike feels on the track feels the same as Alta, but the chassis and suspension and ergos as well as like um, the quality feels yeah. way different and much better.
2: Right, okay. So, uh, is it? did you guys do starts? Anybody do any starts with this thing? How, uh
3: uh, I just did. I didn't do any starts with anybody, but I did some starts. Yeah. And very strange. Yes.
2: Um, you know, one of the things they want to do, Nick, is race these. Stark wants to race these against, you know, combustion engines, and there's a lot of pushback from that. And I guess I can see why, right, Nick? Like, can you? Can, do you feel like these guys should line up and race these?
0: Well, I mean, I could. I could guarantee that. If it was set on something similar to what a four fifty comparable hole shot, like you know, yeah. or would be that yeah. you would hole shot on the on the electric bike,
2: I feel right. Like I feel like there's yeah, because <laughs> even if like say
0: if I'm if like talking about glenn Helen because you guys are both familiar, but the section where you go over the over under and then you drop down into the right hander sweeping corner onto the start straight, yeah. Whereas you always like pivot down and you want to get the bike turned and then you like almost are like between gears and you kind of got to like move your body weight around to shift. I mm-hmm. mean, I could guarantee you that I would pass myself every single lap if I was on my wheel going <laughs> right. on of that right. straight. Yeah, yeah. Like I, every single lap I would pass myself easily. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of advantages for sure. I think, um, if it was toned into the right horsepower, it would be fine. Okay. I mean, I, I think that it, it would have to be less horsepower than what a 450 would have to make it, Competitive because it it does have so much more torque and instant, and it's just smoother. And like I said, the biggest thing honestly is it's it's a lot easier to ride physically. Like you can ride way more efficiently because you're not worried about shifting and yeah. using the clutch. To, but I, I would the one gripe that I do have about the bike is I I would like to have have a clutch just for safety reasons because for for me it has so much horsepower and it's a machine it like what happens if the throttle sticks yeah i mean i would love, would love to be able to have some level of safety there that that would sure. that would feel nice for me that would that would be like one revision that i would like to see on all of these things moving forward to be honest with you mm-hmm. um i think that the uh, the coolest feature is how versatile it can be because generally you can program it to be you know whatever horsepower you want maybe as little as 10 horsepower all the way to to 80 And then because I ran it through with the sales guy and he he was like, well, I I was, had some concern if you, maybe you set it to 15 or something and you want your wife to try it. Mm -hmm. Um, but then, you know, she hits the button and all of a sudden she's an 80 and all of a sudden that's like a real huge problem. You can basically program all five maps, the same horsepower range so that you can't have any accidents. Uh, so I thought yeah. that, that I thought that was pretty cool because right. you could basically have, you know, an 85, although it's a big bike size chassis. Yeah. You could have basically an 85 or 65 even type of horsepower all the way to, you know, a 750 four stroke. um <laughs> all right there with the with the program. I don't know what's 80 horsepower. Yeah, is that yeah. a 750? I, I don't know. know.
2: Right. I don't right. know. Yes. Is
0: that a, <laughs> is that a stock 750? <laughs> hey, man, you got
2: your 750 today. Yeah, man. Uh but yeah, Kiefer, in talking to the Alta guys, I mean, they're they want to race against the, everybody, and they are more than happy to, you know, lock the the bike in at a at a set horsepower and allow the organization, um, the rules organization, to control it. You know, they're all willing to do all this. They don't want to have a 70 horsepower bike against a 450. They want to find a thing that's fair. But they are f- getting pushback, Keith, Chris and. I guess you can understand that. Or are you with Nick where, hey, like, I think there's a there's a number here of less than a 450 and let's go racing.
3: You're talking about Stark. Yeah. Right? You said Alta.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So I have a couple different views on this. Like, I don't think um, Stark, the brand, is trying to market their motorcycle, anything like Alta. When I was at Alta, they were like, we're going for gas-powered motorcycles. We're trying to beat them we're going to race you we're going to smoke you this is how the future is they were really heavy on our bike is better than gas powered motorcycles that's kind of what i was hearing when i was there it was like we want to compete we want to do this and and stark to and from what i've gathered stark's like look yes we do want to go race but we're not here to tell you guys um we're trying to replace your gas powered mm-hmm. you know motorcycle we just want to be involved. Just have us involved. You know, like we just want to give people the option and let the people decide for themselves. So they they are all about racing. They are racing in Europe, I guess. Yeah, Thomas Cross Doe race. R-
2: Thomas Doe raced French championships on it. He got a podium. Yeah,
3: yeah. So I think as long as there is a regulation, which is I seem to think it would be super easy to do. You have a locked box. You go to tech. They have some kind of um, Capability to see where you're what you're at, I mean, I mean the stark guys in Spain were watching Aiden and I on the track via computer and phone and they could see exactly what was going on and what mode we were in, so why can't the organization that they're racing in have that same capability mm-hmm. so I think it's it's possible to do I just think it's a matter of the organization as well as the competition and manufacturers to get together and say, yes, we're all on board, but we know how that's going to work, and I don't think everyone's going to no. have a well,
2: agreement but, on that. But Trey Canard's racing one in Japan the uh, next couple of weeks, so that that's Just interesting. Just like anything,
3: I think it's going to take a little while, and right. I think eventually what's going to happen, if I can compare it to like KTM back in the day, innovating, making better bikes, and it forced every other manufacturer to up their game, I think these guys, if they do it the right way, will force manufacturers to come out of the darkness and make an electric motorcycle like Honda has been, I think others will follow and then shit will start to change. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It'd be interesting to see what they do down the road for sure on this. Uh, Nick, you mentioned wanting a clutch, but they do have a rear brake uh, on the lever that I'm out on that. I think that's too weird. Is that something you would want to try or Kiefer? Maybe did you try it with Alta? I don't know. I'm out on that, but
0: I mean, the, the rear brake on the handlebar would be helpful, but like I said, the thing is so powerful. Yeah, that like you need something that would just cut it. Yeah. But
2: what about just I having mean, a brake yeah, there? Again, it's it's yeah.
0: probably it's probably honestly the throttle sticks is probably too late anyways, because like literally <laughs> you gas it, it's so powerful it will backflip. You will backflip.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: and and ultimately, like <laughs> if you didn't clutch and you tried to modulate the power in the
3: mid range, you will also backflip.
2: Right. Uh, Kiefer, you ever try a handbrake up there?
3: yeah we did actually try to clutch at alta oh okay we had clutch yeah and and to and to tell you guys it didn't really help <laughs> okay, it, it right. wasn't <laughs> it wasn't really great at least theirs wasn't right i'm sure so, they yeah. could develop something that's better but like yeah they were thinking about having one just for the sake of trying to get gas powered guys over to electric more seamlessly and it am just like hey man this shit doesn't work it's, it's no good so okay. they, sure. they, no. they oh. ditched that um the handbrake does work um uh, if I would say it's a different market, I would say the handbrake would be beneficial for mountain bike guys that want to go ride some moto. Okay. And since they're kind of wired that way, and maybe they don't have a dirt bike, that would help them. Um, in some instances, this thing is so free, you have less engine braking. A rear, um, I'm sorry, like a like a rear brake on the handlebar would mm. actually benefit in some of those situations as well. If you want to brake in a hurry before a corner.
2: Now, Chris, in your experience with the Alta, you didn't ride the Stark VARG as much, but in your experience, you couldn't get a 30-minute moto in. Uh, anything from your day of on the Stark that makes you think this battery is better or the technology is better or anything else? I mean, this sounds like it's you guys were playing around with a lot more horsepower than the Alta made. How was battery life?
3: Minimally better than the Alta, I would say. The only thing that's better for this Stark is heat. So. Um, the lack of heat so there's the battery and the casing around it i think and the liquid cooling that they have around the battery dissipate heats better uh heat better because the alta at glen helen i'll do three laps and the heat was so extreme that it would just kill the battery right um i didn't have much of that i okay. i had the the percentage there at glen helen and you know i was dicking around with the doing video and then photos and i gave it to nick and he was, you know, dicking around for for thirty minutes or so, and and we had maybe fifty percent battery. Okay. Um, and then I rode five laps at, you know, two two minute two ten lap time, and it was down to twenty three percent from fifty. So if I yeah if I from fifty right. Yeah. So if I added it all up, I would say this would probably make a twenty five minute moto. And the only thing better from the Alta is like if I'm down at 20% battery, I still have most of all the power that I want with the Alta as it got down farther. So did the power. Mm -hmm. Um, so the power doesn't dip off as much I noticed. And, but the thing is battery technology is battery technology. There's nothing advanced enough in our world to give us the satisfaction that are thinking, Hey, I want this bike over my gas powered bike, at least for me, right? If I could go one hour how I want to go, then I would really start to think about, well, this could be an option, mm-hmm. but i don't I don't want just this bike and go thirty minutes and I go to charge the son of a bitch I, I I don't feel like I would want that
2: yeah, you got to bring a generator to the track right right um so what's funny is you two guys are great riders, and like you're the best of the best, you've both competed at a high level. And neither one of you want anything to do with seventy horsepower, you know, or eighty or anything. That's what I think I really take away from this, Nick. Is like, if anybody could use power, it's you two. You guys are great riders, and both of you are like, yeah, no, man, no.
0: So, well, let's be clear. I, hit, I when I hit the outside dozer berms that were powdery dry, I mean, I had a blast. Yes, I was blowing the berms up. It was crazy fun. But when you're on like more of but worked in portion of the track that takes some finesse or you're on lean angle where you would be steady throttle on a combustion bike. It, it makes it so aggressive, the pitch onto the back because the torque is so strong mm-hmm. that okay. it, it just yeah. wants to go. It wants to go straight. Yeah. Certainly, like that, that hit could be tuned to where it was smoother and it would be more usable a hundred percent. Okay. But again, just as it was, it was too aggressive.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: But, um, but did I have a good time in that one? Blown burns out. Absolutely. It was sick. <laughs> <laughs> and, and honestly, that was the most fun about it because it was just so when you could really yeah. feel the power in it. Didn't, like, wow, this is significantly faster than a fast bike that I've ridden, which would be still equivalent to what's available now um, for factory teams. It's it's like significantly more,
2: right? Uh, red, gray, but, or white. What which which would be your preference?
3: I'm a red guy. I would like to have a red one. That'd be sick. I
2: thought the red was the best one, Nick.
0: Yeah, the the color is the. the the tone on the red is cool but uh i've always i've always liked the look of a white bike mm. um but also the the gray one is the one that you rode yesterday is also super cool tone like the colors themselves are like a unique yep. tone of those shades so i i think all be really cool but i mean i'd probably yeah probably the gray one or the white one for me
2: okay all right, and then did the start but- okay
0: I feel like I need to clarify though, because I think maybe what I said about the bike and racing with the combustion bikes would be cool. I don't necessarily. I'm, I'm not like I think the thing is super fun, like really fun. Because I've ridden a lot and I've messed with the bike a lot in different horsepower ranges on 450, yeah. and I've spent a lot of money trying to get a bike as fast <laughs> as it could be, but also raceable. <laughs> like more than I would like to. Admit, yes, to
2: you have. You. Yes, you have.
0: So, like just having that, you know, feeling that. Um from an e powered engine was cool um certainly it could all be tuned to where like i I think that even eighty horsepower could be tuned enough to where like Kiefer and I would think it's sick, whether we tone it we tune in the 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 engine braking to where it would turn into the corners and maybe like flatten out the curve on the horsepower like in the middle where we'd probably be riding it most, like dulling it out some mm-hmm. I think we could we could definitely make it to where it was like fun for us that way. So the tunability is sick. Yeah, But again, I'm like, I'm also spent the bulk of my riding racing days on a two stroke. So I went through the transition of four strokes with car riders into EFI and all of those changes came at the sacrifice of longevity and durability of those bikes. So I'm a bit pessimistic with change as a whole. And then I, uh, to be honest with you, I've ride, I don't ride as much as I would like to, because I really, there's no upside for me crashing because something happens to my bike. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I'm probably a little bit more over the top with my kids maintenance than maybe I should be also for that same reason. But again, his bike, me knowing more now and never really being like a mechanic per se, I've always just did what I needed to do out of necessity. Um, it's pretty basic, these two strokes with the carburetor and the stator and the coil. And
2: yeah,
0: it's just, it's super, super basic. So the more complicated it is, the more concern that I have as a whole. Mm, good point. So, so I would, I would prefer if it's a perfect world, we're all riding two, we're, my son's racing a two stroke with a carburetor indefinitely. Um, obviously the four strokes have come a long way as far as like the durability. But again, it's like, you have to keep up on it. And it's just like, it's very expensive because really you're changing parts out because what might happen, because it gives you no warning. So like the evolution of like, you know, two stroke to four stroke to four stroke EFI bikes. Like for me, I just, after riding the, the, the e-bike, the Stark, it's just, it's, 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 it makes it way more efficient to ride fastly. And the same with with the four-stroke. So, really, all we're doing is dumbing down mm-hmm. as to how many people can do it based on, you know, their fitness skill level. Yeah. So, for, for me, it's just the purest form of motocross, supercross racing is on a two-stroke.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's what everyone loved, the four-strokes, when they came in, because I was around then, too. Hey, man, I can sit down out of this turn, and I can just clear that double, no problem. It's just super easy, right? Like, that's what everyone loved. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, and oh. so like the more complicated it is, like the more concern I have about the longevity of it. And mm-hmm. obviously, like as a, a parent to a son that's an aspiring professional, I would I would like to you know things happen with dirt bikes, but yeah. I sure would like it to be be a mistake he made and not the bike. Yeah, here's and the more point complicated for that.
3: Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead.
0: And just the more complicated things get, the, yeah.
3: the the more variables there are. Here's another point to that too. Like I I like what Nick said right there because I've been a part of this electric. Thing and I used to kiss Heather goodbye and be like, "I love you." I don't know if I'm coming back because I had to go test the ultimate right? So I was like,
2: <laughs> "Stop it, come no, on." No, dude.
3: I mean, I, dude, I've had big, big crashes and I, I'm like, "Holy crap!" Thing, weird things have happened. Like, have never happened in my dirt bike career okay. when I was up there doing stuff. So, to Nick's point, the two stroke is basic, right? So you kind of know if it's something's going to happen to it. You almost can feel it before it happens. You have a little bit of time before something happens. Four strokes, not a lot of time before something happens, and it's mm-hmm. it's really, really gnarly. And then, for me, the electric technology is even worse than that because it just shuts off. If something goes on, it just shuts off.
2: Yeah, No. So, and, and listen, the speeds are greater. Higher speeds, correct. you hit the ground harder. Yes.
3: Right. So, for me, that's what worries me as well. I don't have a warning before some shit goes south, right? So even though you can tell me it's reliable and all these things, that is still in the back of my head for me, mm-hmm. for someone that I'm recommending the bike to. Just, you know, be conscious of that fact. Like, if it decides to check out, there's no warning. It just checks out. So, well,
2: when you had your issue at Glen Helen, it just checked out?
3: It just checked out, and right. then it was on a straightaway. You know, if that would have happened off of a jump, that would not have been good, but see, I am aware of these situations, right? So I am consciously thinking about the jumps, where I'm at, i on throttle, and if it does do it, I kind of know what to do. But, dude, 90% of people aren't like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I love it. It's fun. It's something I would want, but I also am not 100% being like, yep, she's going to take care of me all the time. Like, I don't have that warm and fuzzy feeling.
2: All right. Yeah. Well, well said for sure. Both, both of you. Absolutely. Um, great. Thank you for the time. Uh, sounds like it was a blast. Uh, sounds like the Stark VAR guys are, are doing good things. And the bike is a well made uh, uh, machinery. You know what I mean? The, the components are good and, and it's fit and finish and everything else. And uh, yeah. And then uh, warning to other people. Nick Way and Chris Kiefer want nothing to do with seventy horsepower. So just think about that a little bit. <laughs> like just think about that when you're putting your order in. I don't want to. I don't want to jinx the start guys because they're costing them maybe a thousand bucks here. But maybe yeah, just think about that.
3: You can always upgrade. Yeah, no there problem. you
2: go. If you, if you, well, I guess uh, listen. If you're a Glamis guy, get the eighty. But I don't know.
0: Totally. And I was I was thinking, who's that eighty horsepower for? But to be honest with you, like my dad's going to be seventy next year. He'll be sixty nine this year. And I'm like, "Dude would have a blast with the 80 horsepower going just back and forth on a, on a field at, <laughs> at my farm. He would think that's the sickest of all time. like a football length is just he just goes down, goes back, and then just feels the power. He would be like, "This is sick."
2: Oh, that's so funny. to a your yeah. exact point,
0: Steve. At, at Glamis, dudes will be having a blast.
2: Yeah, 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 um, okay, awesome um great thanks guys for the uh time on the fly racing racer x podcast stark varg test uh appreciate nick you filling in for me on that really you know really doing me yeah thanks a lot
0: nick bailing him out
2: yep yep
0: yeah i I was stoked for the opportunity and it definitely didn't disappoint because like the marketing they've done is awesome and i i was like you know i I was a big fan of the project from from afar here and i was stoked to check it out i just you know i'm a pessimistic on on with just the technology of the bikes because again it's like he for stuff i mean i've i've went through a lot of iterations of bikes and it's there's i sometimes once a month i get woken up where my bike locks up in the, in the off of a jump going down a hill and i'm like why am i thinking about dirt bikes right now am i serious
2: <laughs>
0: i rode three times this month i rode three times this year
2: yeah and also too thanks to the start guys for coming out for both of you guys really appreciate those guys making the effort uh and uh yeah i'd love to uh check it out on racer x online check out this pod kiefer you have one you did yourself uh yep. our kiefer Inc. testing so yeah lots of information here for people to uh to to hear about so thanks boys
1: thank you uh, thanks yeah, for
2: the bye. opportunity see ya